0: Welcome to Pandemic Podcast, a podcast from Deccan Herald in which we focus on COVID-19 and the news around it. I am your host, Akash Sriram. It's been 48 days since the lockdown came into force in the country. Today's episode has a detailed interview with the United Nations-led Stop TB Partnership Campaign's Dr. Suarnan Sahu. He joins my colleague, Varsha Gowda, to explain how COVID-19 can affect tuberculosis patients. Before that, let's take a look at COVID-19 news highlights. At the time of recording this at 7am on May 12th, Tuesday, the data maintained by Deccan Herald shows that COVID-19 cases in India crossed the 70,000 mark with 3,599 new cases. The country registered a total of 70,751 cases by the end of Monday and at least 2,290 people have died. Maharashtra has crossed 24,000 cases after 1,230 cases were added to its tally. Tamil Nadu registered yet another record spike in the number of cases by registering 798 cases on Monday and crossed 8,000 cases. Gujarat saw 500 deaths out of which 400 are from Ahmedabad alone. According to a DH analysis, out of 733 districts in India, top 10 COVID-19 hit districts carry the most caseload and have reported the most deaths due to COVID-19. Out of 70,751 cases in India, 51% lie in these 10 districts. Out of 2,293 deaths, 60% of deaths occurred in these districts. Mumbai, Pune and Thane in Maharashtra, Ahmedabad and Surat in Gujarat, Chennai in Tamil Nadu, Indore in Madhya Pradesh, Jaipur and Jodhpur in Rajasthan, and Agra in Uttar Pradesh are the worst hit 10 districts. As the lockdown is slowly getting east, governments are now thinking, about how offices should function and what should be the strategy to live with the virus. Researchers of the consortium named Indian Scientists' Response to COVID-19 have examined two exit strategies for an Indian city affected by the epidemic. In the first scenario, the entire workforce goes to work for a fixed number of days and then gets locked down for a fixed number of days before the cycle repeats. In the second scenario, one third of people go to work daily while two-thirds are under lockdown. Each group's turn to work comes after a specific period cyclically. The consortium said that the second strategy is more effective and in combination with large-scale testing, tracing and quarantine, the stress on healthcare facilities can be reduced extensively while keeping the economy moving. With the railway is all set to resume operations, new guidelines are in place. People must reach the stations at least 90 minutes before the scheduled departure and carry their own food and blankets. The IRCTC websites and apps collapsed on Monday due to heavy user load, after which the government decided to open ticket counters selectively. 15 pairs of air-conditioned special trains will leave and arrive in Delhi to help standard people reach their destinations. The decision to run air-conditioned coaches has come as a surprise as for the last two months, the Union and several state governments have been discussing the dangers of air-conditioned environments, which are said to provide a conducive environment for growth and spread of pathogens like the coronavirus. Some officials in the Southwestern Railway seem to be concerned over running air-conditioned trains. Regular passenger services, including all mail express, passenger and suburban services will not run until further notice. The government on Monday said some relatively large outbreaks have been noticed in particular locations and the focus was needed on containment efforts to stop the country from slipping into the community transmission stage. Joint Secretary in the Health Ministry Lav Agarwal said that the spread of COVID-19 has nothing to do with race, religion, area and spreads due to lack of precautions. He was replying to questions seeking clarification on rumours that the government is mulling religion-based mapping of hotspots. Meanwhile, the health ministry issued new guidelines which say that there is no need for COVID testing after the home isolation period is over. The revised guidelines are now in tune with the revised discharge policy. They advise home quarantine or home isolation of very mild pre-symptomatic COVID-19 patients, stating that the isolation will end after 17 days of the onset of symptoms if there is no fever for 10 days. The guidelines also mandate hydroxychloroquine as a preventive medication as prescribed by the treating medical officer for all caregivers and close contacts of such cases. The Prime Minister on Monday interacted with 30 chief ministers via video conference to discuss the COVID strategy. He called for a focused approach in tackling the COVID-19 pandemic and stressed on the need to prevent the virus from reaching rural areas. He asked them to get back to him with ideas on the way forward by May 15th. After the meeting, Goa Chief Minister Pramod Sawant said that lockdown 4.0 will start on May 18th. However, restrictions will be fewer than the previous lockdowns. Many states proposed even extending the lockdown. In the meeting with the Prime Minister, Karnataka Chief Minister B.S. Yadurappa conveyed to Prime Minister Modi that the state wants to do away with the colour coding of districts and recommended micromanaging the containment of COVID-19 and pitched for the resumption of public transport services in non-containment zones. Karnataka also sought a nationwide testing guideline to determine the minimum number of tests per million to be carried out in each state. Yadu said the tracing, tracking, testing and treating approach helped keep the cases in the state comparatively low. Tamil Nadu Chief Minister Edapadi K. Palaniswami asked the Prime Minister not to resume regular air and train services till May 31st. Karnataka reported 14 more cases yesterday. What is worrying healthcare providers is that recovered patients are now showing signs of relapse. After three residents of Chitradurga who had attended a Tablighi Jamaat program in Ahmedabad tested positive, recovered and again tested positive upon their return to the district recently, another case of reinfection has surfaced in Belagavi. The recovered patient was in quarantine and had no contact with anyone and medical officials have got no clue on how he tested positive again. (music) 321 people arrived in Bengaluru from London on Monday. All except one were found to be asymptomatic, but a 27-year-old woman who had an incomplete abortion was hospitalized. All asymptomatic people were stamped and sent home. The Bhrut Bengaluru the civic body that manages Bengaluru, will start mass testing at Padrayanapura on Wednesday. Recently, 216 random samples were tested in Padarayanapura out of which seven turned positive, after which the BBMP decided to test more people. BBMP Commissioner BH Anil Kumar said the plan to start testing had stalled after the Palike was unable to procure the testing kiosks to carry out swap collection. Delay in testing modality is said to be another reason. As it is impossible to test all people in the ward, selective testing will be done by prioritising the vulnerable population within the ward after a survey by ASHA workers. <music> The Health Ministry has decided to conduct a population-based sero-survey in select districts across the country to monitor the prevalence of normal coronavirus. The Ministry announced plans to conduct district-level facility-based surveillance for COVID-19 in addition to the routine testing. A sero-survey involves testing the blood serum in a group of individuals to monitor trends in the prevalence of coronavirus, or SARS-CoV-2 infection. This helps health authorities to assess the extent to which COVID-19 infections have spread throughout the country undetected. Meanwhile, amid concerns over security and privacy issues over Aarogya 2 app, the government on Monday said it was designed to be the most secure mobile application on any smartphone. Ajay Soni, Secretary, Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology and Chairman of the Empowered Group 9, told reporters in Delhi that of all the apps, Aarogya Setu has designed to be the most secure. Now let's move on to today's highlight. Did you know that every year, 27 lakh new tuberculosis patients are registered in India? A recent study from the United Nations Stop TB Partnership project analyzed the impact of lockdown and COVID-19 pandemic on tuberculosis patients. Dr. Suwanan Sahu, the Deputy Executive Director of Stop TB Partnership Project, joins my colleague Varsha Gauda from London for a very interesting interview.
1: Hi, I'm Varsha and with me today is Suwanan Sahu, the Deputy Executive Director of Stop TB Partnership. To start with, please tell us what Stop TB does and the kind of work that you engage
2: in. So, Stop TB Partnership is a global partnership for uh, the fight against tuberculosis. Uh, this is a partnership which is hosted in the United Nations system in Geneva. We have uh, over 2,000 partners across the globe. Uh, what Stop TB Partnership does is to uh, set the ambition level, align partners, and coordinate things in a way that we have a consolidated, solid fight against TB globally and in countries which have a high burden of TB. Uh, Stop TB Partnership does a variety of things, uh, including uh, advocacy, support to countries in terms of technical support, uh, making uh, countries access uh, drugs and diagnostics uh, uh, at uh, uh, good quality and uh, good pricing. Also, a lot of work uh, done in terms of uh, the need for global level planning, uh, resource mobilization, innovations, uh, support in, uh, supporting research groups and uh, so on. But the stakeholders are quite diverse in the countries. It, the partners also involve, in, include governments as well as civil society academia research private sector it's a it's a group that represents the entire community that is fighting uh, tb globally
0: okay
1: i read a report recently about uh, the status of tb in india and how it can worsen with the lockdown so what is this report about and what does it say about
2: india so we did a modeling exercise to look at what could be the potential unintended adverse impact of the COVID pandemic on tuberculosis, especially focusing on high TB burden countries. This work was done by Stop TB Partnership, supported by USAID, and with three of the leading modeling groups uh, in the world, they are Imperial College of London, Avenir Health, and Uh, Johns Hopkins University. So this study looked at uh, two uh, questions. What is the impact of COVID and COVID related lockdowns and restrictions uh, in terms of TB incidence and mortality? And the second question was what is needed to get back on track because the fight against tuberculosis is moving ahead with the target to end TB by 2030 globally. And in fact in India The Prime Minister also has given a target to end it by 2025, which is very ambitious and we support that. So these were the questions that were asked. And what the modelling result shows is that um, at a global level, a few months of COVID pandemic-related restrictions and lockdowns could have a lasting impact on tuberculosis for years, unless measures are taken. Now, at the global level, we found this could be something like additional 6.3 million people getting Hmm. tb between 2020 and 2025 okay and uh, during the same time 1.4 million people dying because of tb additional okay so that's a huge impact Now, when this study was done, uh, we had selected three countries, India, Kenya and Ukraine, because uh, each one of them represents a very typical epidemiological setting for tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. India being a country which has the highest burden of tuberculosis, which is uh, to just to explain you, one in four, one in four tuberculosis Mm -hmm. cases globally is Indian. So that's a huge okay. burden, and mm-hmm. we also see that India has a private sector uh, healthcare uh, system. We all, we have Kenya there, which is driven by HIV epidemic. Uh, the TB part is driven by HIV epidemic, and mm-hmm. Ukraine there, which has a high proportion of drug TB. What we found in India, for example, is that you could have uh, something like um, uh, 1.8 million people getting uh, additionally affected by TB, uh, and uh, about 500,000 additional deaths mm-hmm. because of few months of lockdown and uh, and and uh, recovery from the lockdown of course these are all based on assumptions so the paper also talks about different different assumptions and what happens and also gives uh, uh, for the reader has uh, something which is per month of extra lockdown and per month of restoration of the lockdown Mm-hmm. how much more people will get affected by TB and die. So, it's a huge impact on, uh, and on India. yes.
1: Um, so, what do you think is driving this kind of an increase in uh, the number of people infected by TB?
2: Yes, yeah, so that's a very good uh, question. Um, uh, what we uh, looked at uh, in the modeling exercise is uh, the impact of social distancing Because social distancing has a positive impact, has a negative impact. The Mm -hmm. positive impact is because of social distancing, when families are not mixing together, the TB transmission, you must remember that TB is airborne disease. So that transmission, there is a beneficial effect. However, within families, when people remain clustered, there is increased Mm -hmm. transmission if you have a TB case there. So it goes both ways. We also looked at the restrictions caused by COVID pandemic. In several countries, including India, Mm. where people with cough and fever, which are similar symptoms for TB as well as COVID, are not getting access to diagnosis for TB. Either Mm. are told to self-isolate or you get a COVID test, but then nobody does a TB test and TB laboratories and TB services are currently in many countries globally partially closed or some almost near completely closed. So that barrier in access causes delay in uh, diagnosis of TB. And we know that TB can be diagnosed, cured. But untreated TB, one person can infect 15 other people in a year. Mm -hmm. So it's a snowball effect. So that causes the increase in TB incidence. And when you have untreated TB, the mortality could be huge. Untreated TB, what we know, is 50% could die. So that is driving Mm. the modeling results. What we haven't taken and which is important to understand is uh, number one, the biomedical relationship between COVID and TB. Mm. Just like HIV fuels TB, we can't understand whether COVID fuels TB and vice versa, so Mm. that is not included in the modeling because we didn't have sufficient scientific evidence on that. The Mm. The second part which is not included is the loss of livelihood undernutrition, poverty, all of these are strong drivers of TB. We don't yet have the full story of how these things are unfolding in countries, but this is also not included. So what we have reported there is the minimum potential impact.
1: Okay. Also, TB patients in India face a lot of stigma. Do you think this may affect the way they approach the COVID situation in case they get infected? Like not disclosing what medication they're taking or how bad their situation already is? And what kind of medical challenge do you think this will pose in the future?
2: So stigma is uh, very important. Uh, TB has a huge stigma, uh, world over, everywhere, particularly in India and we have seen that over years. Now you have a situation where there is a double stigma. When you are coughing and you have fever or symptoms that are like COVID and TB mm-hmm. which are similar. So that is a big reason why people are postponing care seeking for tuberculosis mm-hmm. as well as COVID. And this uh, has a huge impact on the transmission of TB because the more you postpone, the more potential is there to, for you to transmit to your family members and others that you come in contact with. Uh, Stigma impact could be on the transmission, but it also has other impacts as we have seen in India and other countries. Now with uh, COVID there, which uh, most predictions are that it's not going to go away. We have to live with COVID as well. We have Mm -hmm. to look, how do we address the stigma? From Stop TV partnership, we have worked with uh, the experts and also the civil society to come out with a tool how to measure stigma and how to act uh, to reduce stigma. Uh, And I think this will be very useful.
1: So you did mention that the medical connection between COVID and uh, TB hasn't been examined a lot. But uh, do you know if pulmonary TB patients are more at risk than others?
2: Yes. In fact, uh, pulmonary TB, that means TB affecting your lung, is the predominant variety of TB. That's the most commonly affected uh, organ of the body. Now, uh, we know from existing knowledge that COVID, when it infects a person, uh, it has more adverse impact in terms of uh, seriousness and mortality in people who have pre-existing health conditions. And pre-existing lung capacity is an important one mm-hmm. because COVID infects the lungs and reduces your capacity to breathe. We must understand that TB also affects the lungs and reduces your capacity for uh, breathing Mm -hmm. those who have active tb have damage in the lung those who have tb in the past also may have some uh, damage which has not been fully repaired Mm -hmm. so active tb as well as tb in the past we believe is is something that exposes a person infected with covid to a higher chance of getting adverse and serious impact uh, of covid including mortality now Uh, the question will be asked is has this been proven so we looked at data from china yes there is some data to support but the sample sizes and the scientific rigor of those uh, studies are, are not yet there we expect that as more and more people get infected with both tb and covid this data will emerge And this can be uh, used then with people. But scientific common sense and scientific knowledge so far makes you believe. And we say that from Stop TB Partnership, WHO has also said that, that if you have TB, then you could have a bigger impact of COVID in terms of seriousness and mortality.
1: So finally, what do you think the government should do ...to mitigate the risk to TB patients. Do you suggest any plan of action?
2: Yes, uh, that is very important. In fact, uh, doing this study, the main purpose was uh, for governments to uh, not forget about TB, especially in high TB burden countries... ...and for pushing governments to do something more about TB. So what we recommend is this. Number one, we should not lose focus on TB during the COVID pandemic... ...and the restrictions that are imposed on the health system and economy. Number two is during the lockdown, take immediate action to maintain continuity of TB services. What does it mean? It means the TB laboratories should be manned, samples for TB labs should be processed, people should be allowed access to TB diagnosis, people on treatment, you must remember that TB is not a treatment which is one week. TB is a treatment Mm. that goes from six months to two years also if you have drug based TB. Treatment has to be maintained. We cannot leave the patient like that without drugs and without Mm. support. So very important to maintain continuity of TB services for diagnosis, treatment and prevention because contacts of TB patients need to get a preventive TB therapy because that reduces the risk of getting TB. Mm. Number three, very important is Uh, after the lockdown is eased and we are seeing how countries are easing the lockdown. We don't know how it will happen in India. We are seeing some uh, various versions of that in different places. It is very important to be ready and plan now for a catch-up because if you return to business as usual or return default, then this mortality and incidence that we estimate here cannot be prevented. You need a catch-up plan for the country level, state by state in India, district by district, how to find the missing people with TB, mm. treat their contacts, treat them and prevent TB. So that's number three. And uh, number four, very important, is resources for TB. We have seen in a number of countries that... Because of the COVID needs, resources from other health programs have been diverted to COVID. It is very important mm-hmm. that the resources for TB need to be protected. And when TB programs have to do catch-up activities following the lockdown, sufficient resources have to be made available to TB programs. For India, this means the budget for the national TB program and for the state TV programs need to be protected. And after the lockdown, they should be facilitated, supported to do the supplementary activities for catch-up that are required to come back on track. It is very important to be on track, especially for India, because the prime minister has called for ending TB by 2025 and we fully support it. Mm -hmm. This will not be possible if we get derailed because of this COVID uh, pandemic.
1: Okay, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, Doctor.
0: Thank you. That was Varsha in conversation with Dr. and Sahu. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Do rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. We are also on Google Podcasts, Spotify and many of your other favourite platforms. Do share this podcast with your friends, family and on social media. For latest updates on COVID-19 and other news, log on to DeccanHerald.com. Follow our social media handles on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Check out our e-paper at DeccanHeraldEPaper.com. To be updated on the go, follow our telegram channel t.me forward slash news for instant updates. Take care, stay safe, stay indoors.